0: Let's do it all over again.
1: Badum! Yeah.
2: Hello and welcome to the first kickoff episode of the Touching Bass podcast. Touching of the bass means in English for German listening... um, people that you can't revise what's happening, being recorded at the VR base after the VR days with three wonderful VR people that are all somehow involved in this wonderful magic moment. We have Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello. We have Boo. Hello, Boo. Hello. And we have Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Now, Sarah will be maybe a little bit more often on this podcast, but let's start with Dan, who is very deeply involved in Mm -hmm. the VR base. Let's start at the base. What is the VR base?
0: vr base and it's kind of difficult because we have the days and the base so a lot of people get confused with that stuff that's on purpose it was kind of on purpose and kind of not on purpose because we're here at a navy base in amsterdam it's uh-huh. a still active military base uh there's navy per- personnel running around that's what we're where, where we're sitting at right now the moment that we started setting up a hub in Amsterdam. We just got lucky with finding the space and we called it the base. And but right how now, did it purpose. all
2: start then?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, it all started about four years ago when I kickstarted the DK1. I was always into like tech, uh, always into gaming, and as you know, Oculus had, with the launch of the DK1, a strong gamer uh, mm-hmm. focus. So I ordered that thing. It arrived, fortunately, for a Kickstarter project. It's still mm-hmm. rare. Mm-hmm. I put the thing on my face and uh, immediately I, I loved it. And what was your
2: position during at that time? What have you been doing mainly in your life?
0: I was a banker. <laughs> I was working at uh, ING, which is a huge global financial institution for seven years. And a lot of people ask me why that's like a corporate and also a financial institution that is not fitting for you, but I loved it there. I had a really good time. I had no ambition or plans to really like move away from there, though I was already starting. Uh, uh, sorry, coaching startups in lean startup and agile methodology. So I was working with startups a lot. So I kind of had the virus, but nothing VR related. DK1 happened. I started organizing meetups in the Netherlands. Way way back, there uh, you know I started calling people, and I found ten companies with a DK1. Uh, First meetup, the meetups grew into the first VR Days. And then back then, the first edition, it was called Dutch VR Days. The Dutch VR Days uh, is the event we just did for the third year. Way more professional than the first one. Mm -hmm. Very good job.
3: That was huge. It was such a difference. I was at the first one. one. And it it was like one of the earliest first conferences that was out there. And this year I was there and was just like,
1: it was Whoa. amazing. Uh, I That's just huge. I just went to three so different events
3: in good?
0: California, and like it, they got nothing on VR days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we got a lot of good like feedback. Also, this event on that it's still very community driven, and it comes from the meetups, and it comes from the community. We have the whole community here. It's not mm-hmm. very. It, we also have enterprise tracks, but it's not only that. So, and mm-hmm. after the meetups, the fir- uh, sorry after the first VR days, I thought. This is so amazing, helping others, facilitating others. The energy you get back from this community still is enormous. And then I thought, I don't want to do that just once a year. Why not try to set up a hub? Uh, And not only one hub in Amsterdam, but like try to connect Europe because I was already connecting Europe with various European meetups. But I just wanted to do it more structurally. And uh, back then, it was just an idea. And I walked around with that idea for a while. I had the idea you know, at the event, and then I started working for a, a Parisian startup, Video Stitch, also in VR. Uh, and it happened from there. And the VR base, uh, actually we don't call it VR anymore, we'll just call it the base. Everybody's always t- talking about touching base here, what we're doing now, or going to the base camp, which is the startup area of our events, or, so we call it the base. And uh, yeah, in Amsterdam, we started about a year and three months ago now. I started as a single founder, which I can advise everyone who listens to this uh, podcast not to start as a single founder ever. It was way, way, way too hard. You need to share. And then uh, this is also the bridge to you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I set up Amsterdam. I wanted to expand. We met already a couple of years from the early days as well where we were.
3: We did meet a couple of times. Where? Well, every when did you meet the first time. At the first time, I think it was VR Days, like the first VR Days. Yeah. 2015. And what I think have you been was, doing um, during that time? I was actually developing Lucid chips. I came here with Julie. Um, we were uh, sitting on a panel with Skip Russo and Daniel Ernst um, as VR developers, like doing different kind of VR experiences. And.
0: And what's fun to n- to <laughs> say is that. Back then, the first time we met, and I think we met maybe one or two months later in LA at uh, Unity's Vision Summit. We did. Sarah and me didn't hit it off as at all in the beginning. Ew. We were making no, we fun of each other a bit. I didn't bit. trust we were like you
3: to be honest.
0: Not like me like me and you <laughs> I we ended met up last in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't
3: trust you. At all. Yeah, I didn't trust yeah. you. At and how
1: all. come it was it was the Vision Summit event too and how come we didn't catch up there. Oh, it was yeah. the first mission
3: we summit. The it l- was not... I not know. The I oh, went you to both. It? Yeah, oh, really? yeah. Crazy. We should That's have crazy. met you there already. Oh, my yeah. gosh. We should have met you. Yeah, so well, anyway. We
1: and what happened? Beautiful Stockholm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's where we met That's years good later. That's
3: There we... Like, that was way later. In fact... And then
0: Sarah got on board for... You know, after this, like, rocky start. Uh, she... Why did you believe in the base? And, you know, we we... The base network mm-hmm. and I asked her, uh, I need we, I need a co-founder. It, it, it wasn't like that black and white that I asked her all of a sudden, no, we got to know each other of course way better and then we grew
3: together. We grew we together.
0: Grew so you didn't jump so out great. of the bush and just said, let's start no, a no, company. No. no, we knew each other, we had a Rocky Start and then we saw each other like everybody in the VR industry all over the world sees each other at every event there is, like the VR days, but you have a lot of those like high level events. So we to be th-
3: honest, like I remember being in Berlin and walking up to you, and I was like, "Is there any reason I should be involved in this?" Yeah, I was like, just like walking up to you like that, like. Um, so I think that's a thing because I'm building communities. I did that already with my last startups. We are nerds, right? Like, yeah. um, with them, I was like, they're having the blog and so on. Like, uh, I'm all about connecting people. It's all about, um, just like growing that's this also industry. That's where we matched.
0: That's yeah. exactly where we <SSSSSSSSSKURR video SSSSSSKURS*> met. And point. that's actually how I met you,
3: Sarah. You
2: remember that I went to some Hamburg meetup and I was still not very sure of VR and like I could sleep at one of the VR guys and I tried the HTC Vive later on. I So we were the first ones in Germany to get it. You were the first
3: ones that got the dev kit from chat. So um, he sent us like the first dev kit of the HTC Vive that that was there in Germany. Like we were the ones that were like doing that stuff. Like I had the first, my first VR Stammtisch, it was called my event in Hamburg. That's where where I unpacked the Vive dev kit, the first one. Yeah. That was my event. Yeah, that's what I did. And um I was like um I was like just like um developing VR experiences. Like, you know, like I was studying communication arts and interactive media where I um was doing 3D design and like uh, visual arts, um VFX and like motion design and so on. And um I was just like um starting to use Unity and then um starting to develop Lucid Trips, which is a um game where you're can fly and like jump around and so and for on it was so a time
2: it was a very innovative way oh my gosh of, uh, we
3: like hooked up over. the oculus dk1 with the racer hydra and Ooh. then we hooked up like the dk2 with the playstation move controller and we moved forward from that and like when the wife was announced we were like oh my gosh they that's read our need, minds yeah. like that's what we needed oh. you know what i mean it was like yeah. I it was totally I early really days
0: to, to um to acknowledge the fact that it was such a small industry, but also yes. such a creative and community-driven exactly. industry. Yeah, uh, was, was this the reason for the Berlin expansion? Not really, because that this happened only like last year. If you look at me and Sarah both started four years ago, and uh, we were just talking outside together, uh, Petr, like doing Oculus Connect 1 yeah. was a... And the community
1: back was, then was... Can, back you, can, then can you both tell the story quickly?
0: Very what quickly. What you described outside. Oculus Connect 1 very quickly. Oculus wasn't bought by Facebook. Uh, it was still a company, a startup. They did the DK1. They had the DK2 released. And right after the DK2, they did this first-time event. And they invited everybody globally. It was still an invite event, so you had to make your way into the, into the event. Uh, but that was easy because it, the entire global industry was so, so small. so small. So they booked the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel in L.A., really nice venue. There showed up, I think it was seven, eight hundred people there. And it was the global world community with all the current leader people who are the leads and the heads in the industry, they were all there. Just like experimenting with this, with DK2. And then on stage they announced, uh, it was Brandon Neeraib actually who said, guys, if you, and it also triggered me, I remember so well. If you never experienced, this was the keynote, or on, on stage, if you never experienced presence yet in your life, present we have the new prototype of the rift it's called crescent bay and after this keynote you're going to booths and if you didn't have that feeling yet you're gonna have it and i i was like a believer but i didn't believe that yet then we went into those booths they pop up the crescent bay and the first it's it's dream deck now uh on the store first one was that that uh on the, the submarine and a couple nine others or something and some of them gave me Goosebumps they were I, I actually experienced it I felt somewhere else and like the tech and that feeling that it gave me was gave me so much energy and passion and then combined with the fact that all the people who were walking uh, working in that industry were supposed to demo at Oculus Connect in one little room where, like they had place for four or five people and then four or five people set up and then everywhere in the hallway you know people started to get grabbing their gears their DK2s or DK1s from upstairs in the in the in their hotel rooms and they started like spreading all the way through the hotel hallways and in there was like I did CPR training for the first time with a DK1 actually on on, on Oculus connect and that was the vibe pure community vibe and i think that both of you the guys Oculus dig gems.
1: that yeah the Oculus gems back in the day yeah. like all the diversity like there was no genres you know there was it was just just a bunch of creative projects from all over the you know, awesome tiny community. What is your background, boom? How did you land up in this crazy <laughs> ecosystem? Yeah, it's a long story. So I was always super excited about art, science and technology. Um, begin coding super early on, like you know, like everyone here um, doing a lot of research online and like getting my stuff done. Uh, You pretty much had to know how to mess with computers back in the day if you wanted to do pretty much anything and When I when I went to college, I I, I was really unsure about What to do, you know, I wanted to do physics. I wanted to do medicine chemistry biology music, you know fine arts I wanted to do so much stuff that I would go, you know, (laughs) nuts (laughs) and finish college by time I'm eighty or something. So I decided to to go and do something that would allow me to basically work with people from different backgrounds. and then I became I became um, super friends with a physics professor, and I kind of created an environment where they could have virtual meetups um, instead of doing expensive congresses, you know. And that mm-hmm. was back in 2007. Um, we we didn't call it VR back then, but uh, I was super into caves. Yeah, and that's... we were messing with caves and really? just sending caves to festivals. You know, uh, back then, Flag was doing the first tri- the first commercial 360 video in the world for Axie and stuff like that. But I wasn't working at Flag yet. Um, but it's pretty interesting that they were looking at it. Uh, but me. I was doing caves, and then I went to University of California to see the Allosphere, and I was mind blown. You know, Allosphere was basically this giant metal structure where, you know, the best scientists in the world will fight for, like, 15 minutes because it's such an awesome experience and they get to visualize their data sets, and I was there, and I was like, dude, that's what computing can do for us, you know? That's, like, the future of computing. It's like placing information all around you. And, you know, basically the thing with, with traditional screens and computers is that simply when, when, you're, you know, when you feel overwhelmed by 50 tabs open in your browser, it's not really that it's a lot of information.
2: So it's, it's not properly structured. Yeah. And it's tough to do it on one small screen in front of you, right?
1: Yeah, so, so it's not a lot of information. So basically I think immersive technologies are basically... Excuse the cliché, but rocket ships for our minds, you know, like Magic Leap likes to say. And so that was kind of what got me into into immersive media. Um, I was also a DK1 backer. Yeah, good. And I remember nice. that all my professors were like, dude, do caves because yeah. there's a market for that. But forget VR. Like, it's never going to be a thing. Yeah. And I was like a stupid kid doing this. And I actually went to uh, Kickstarter and I got two DK1s actually
0: <laughs>
1: and wow. then I just began to prototype a lot I got some Razer Hydras as well and I helped uh, Razer create like the drivers for macOS. Uh, really? The community was very small you guys remember meant to be seeing in like super early days like Palmer posting pop to go and stuff like that. Uh, Hasbro had actually a VR goggle but they they didn't use the term VR, it was called My 3D Viewer. Oh, and it what was back an exciting in
2: name, if you name a product so sexy, it will just
1: launch exactly. Not. <laughs> but it was basically a cardboard, but anyway... Um, My 3D Viewer. My 3D Viewer, it was pretty much a, yeah. a, a toy for kids, it was mm-hmm. silly. But anyway, people were actually using that in to, to do some early experimentation with virtual reality, you know. And then Oculus happened, And I was a backer and I began prototyping a lot of that. And, you know, I was always into science and data visualization and MRIs. So back then I was having surgery in my sinuses because I I was breathing super poorly. And I had a CT scan of my head. So I imported that into Unity using, you know, Voxel. And basically I, I began doing keynotes like all over talking about data visualization and like biomedical engineering symposiums and stuff like that like and you trying did, to push uh, technology. do the keynote at the VR days, right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of I talked a little bit about biotechnology here, but back in the day, I was super into MRI visualization and CT scan visualization. I, I was a background of DK1 and Kickstarter just like that. I got to, and all of a sudden, all my professors that said, you know, VR was never going to be a thing, working, working. And in caves instead, basically became a head of next generation experiences at the biggest advertising agency in South America, and I got to play with all the toys. Super early on, we did the launch of the Gear VR, and from from the Note the Note 4 series on, we did a lot of you know prototyping with with Vibes. Early on, we were Wave One Hololens developers. We got two of the first hundred units in the world and then i kind of began i began a spin off process of uh creating a unit that was more focused only on science and stuff that matters and has you know more alignment with my personal purposes than simply doing vr for advertising i felt like in the beginning we had a responsibility to spread the word so we did a lot of campaigns mm-hmm. like uh with uh a shoe brand that i i am not going to I now, but you kind of put cardboards inside shoe boxes to, to let everyone have an experience, a skateboarding experience and, you know, trying to democratize access, you know, give a taste of what it is in the beginning. So I went to like Brazilian TV shows like Oprah shows, the equivalent of like Oprah to show virtual reality and stuff like that. And then when the moment like hits like 2015, 16, then we began, we, we became to, to, you know, we begin to realize that now we can actually just focus on doing on what we want to do. You know, it's not about creating awareness anymore. Like the industry is born. Like there's a lot of events with like-minded people, and there's the community that is rocking it. The VR community is so awesome. I I think we're living this moment where. A lot of people are talking about gaps of disappointment and stuff like that. And I really like the fact that VR Days is like full energy, full throttle. And like, no, it's not about being cautious. It's about going full throttle. And I mm. believe in that. And I think, you know, every early adopter of this new of VR, like every uh, meant to be seeing geek, every Kickstarter backer, uh, I think we've been so used to, to, Hearing that, you know, this is not going to be a thing that we don't care. We were not in this for the hype in the beginning. We were like the misfits, the crazy kids, the stupid ones, you know? And so. Uh,
3: that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah to so be we honest, have a yeah. lot of
1: resilience. Why that. do
3: you put that fucking thing on your face? Face like why do you do that? People were shouting at me like taking yeah. pictures with VR headsets. And like, what do you put at your face? Like you have such a pretty face, and then you put that garle on your face. And that, in the but beginning, that's what
1: people, people I got exist. bullied. I I got bullied for using computers when I was a kid. You know, oh, he's such a nerd. He likes oh, yeah. computers. You know, like you know, that that was a thing. But. But then again, like, Chain. time goes on and everyone uses computers. And everyone. And now, yeah. then
3: it was, like, people were jumping at me. They were like, oh, my gosh, you're doing virtual reality yeah. and like, augmented reality. That's amazing. Like, can I hang out with you? You know, like, that kind yeah. of stuff. I was but just now like, I think
1: with all those, oh, you know, gap of flip. disappointment, uh, kind of. Now you know, it's like it's,
3: they're going back again. Like, oh, yeah, I don't they,
1: know you. And that's kind of yeah. awesome <laughs> because we get to hang out with, you know, the cool kids again. But that being said, it was pretty amazing how, like, you know, we we have made a lot of awesome friends throughout the years, and so VR Days was was huge this year, and it was only good people, you know. That that was pretty impressive.
2: The spirit was um, actually, yeah, beyond what I'm usually used from all the other VR events, because you had a huge amount of people actually being there on the exhibition. You had a lot of exhibitors. You had a hackathon that was very successful. You have, in addition to that, the talks. And you have also the community, yeah.
1: And you have the passion, and you have the party. And, and according to Nogi, you had the tent, the philosophy yes. tent that was virtual reality without headsets. Yes. So we have it all here,
2: and once again shows that all the people right now are enthusiasts, like in the beginning of the internet, and here the same. It's the beginning of something else that people who obviously you know jump quickly on the hype and go away. won't stay and they won't stay for long but we the community stay
1: used to say like oh what do you do oh I have an internet company yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that was it nowadays you cannot get away just saying I do VR what exactly what's the latency what's your hardware what are you using you kind of can get away just by saying oh I have a VR company in a couple years it's gonna be as weird as like people saying oh I have an internet company yeah but what what does your company do but you
2: still can bullshit a little bit around it's true yeah so a lot of people that had VR companies. Definitely. Now coming to the base in Berlin. So you're responsible for the whole VR base in Berlin, right? For the whole base. I'm
3: setting up um, VR base in Berlin, and I'm responsible for many things. Yeah. No, I'm like I'm more or less just like trying to um, enable as many people as possible that are around um, the base and that are in the base and are walking around here and like you know like.
2: What does it make it so special? How is it different from the one we are seeing here in Amsterdam?
3: Well, <clears throat> what the, uh, what uh, makes the base really special in general is that we just have this space where everyone is welcome. Like, we created this space to unite the community and to connect the community and just like to work together, um, to like give Europe a space to work together. And in Berlin, it's it's great to be there because, like, Berlin's super arty, you know, like, it's very Berlin. Yeah. Um It's very much like, um there's a lot of film stuff happening, there's a lot of art stuff happening, but also it's like, the thing of, like, Berlin being the startup hub, like, the center like the magnet of Europe right now everyone wants to go to Berlin like in, in summer it's insane there's tourists all over the place like you know like everyone's pilgriming to Berlin and they're leading the current um, startup hype in all different sectors yeah, it's not only VR are
0: I'd like to add to that to the, to the creativity as well a bit because Berlin is of course a proper capital in Europe it's a big city uh amsterdam is a small different. city and it's, it's different. different but what also makes berlin special for the, for specifically towards the base is that sarah is running it not me i'm more in amsterdam sarah is more in berlin and we are different pers- persons humans personalities and what sarah is actually uh doing in berlin at the moment is where i was focusing more on Uh, scaling up the size and like trying to that's my personality you know it's scaling up the size filling it with people Sarah was actually doing and and like recently still these events with like the tech giants with oculus and we're gonna do one with google where they come together there at the base and you create content and you create not only
3: yeah, we're doing game jams. Ah,
0: game jams. Game jams jam. yes. and it's creating content. Level yeah. content. Yeah, we do create content a
3: lot. And
0: that vibe is is compared to Amsterdam in Berlin, there's even more the makers vibe, right? And the community and the makers vibe. The, the makers com- basis, yes. Yes. And just doing more creative stuff and more high cutting edge. And trying to show the boundaries of what's possible with the with the medium. And, and that's, that's something what I really that's amazing love. about the VR community, in my yeah. opinion,
1: because coming from other industries like you know CG animation, traditional animation for documentaries like Discovery, like the documentaries about yeah. astronomy and stuff like that. Uh, usually, when a when a production company had an advantage, an edge, new equipment over any or any in, in, in any feud, you know. Uh, people would be very protective about you know what they're yeah. learning and stuff like that. And in the VR community, it was never like that. I remember from day one, uh, at Flag, we do all the official events of Unity in, in, in Sao Paulo. And when we got like the first DK1s, we were like, next week, we we're like, guys, come check it out You know, to every developer. like We fire email to our extended network. And then you see everyone that had a DK1 pretty much was a a, a VR priest, you know, an yes. evangelist, and that's not very usual. And, and yeah. I think that's that's kind of the spirit that the base the and, and, and and VR days represents. They they keep it alive, like that super early
0: uh, VR community spirit, and also in the in the types of the diversity of the countries. But now we have more resources, you know, I more resources. But I, when I started, I thought like let's unite Europe and we can do it. But uh, the the big learning is it's actually pretty diverse there's actual cultural differences it's yeah. not only it's like Berlin is only five hours drive by car and a one hour plane ride not even but it's actually very different and no, so it's same, not language. same not with Paris <laughs> same with London mm. so you know the, the ambition of let's just unite Europe that's not that's not no. it that's not as and easy I think it, we, it, we rephrase and that's also what makes Berlin special special and stand out from Amsterdam mm. Let's try to pinpoint those cultural drift uh, differences. See where you excel at, and see what's there in the country or in this in the cities. And let's try to stimulate that. Mm-hmm. And and then in the end, of of course, we're coming together. You know, at the, yeah, let's, let's and that's actually
1: a, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's
0: that's something amazing. Like you see a lot of events throughout
1: the world. Not I, I mean, outside the VR industry, but like people really seem to like South by Southwest, for instance, and and. A lot of people are like, "Oh, why don't we replicate South by Southwest uh-huh. in another place?" But it, it's impossible because South by Southwest—if you ever went there, like in, in the good days—like it was basically because it was in Austin, and it's so tied to yeah. the cultural, to, to the local culture, and, and it's basically impossible to bring South by Southwest to, to other places and be so successful. Uh, but that being said, a lot of events that are inspired, for instance either the central experience or the B side that, that happens outside, which is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they emulate that, but with the peculiarities and, you know, uh, the tiny details that every city and every different country has.
0: Yes. And, you know. That's and it. also different, I think the three of us... Uh, go ahead, Sarah.
3: <laughs> no, but I also yeah. think, like, um, as we are moving forward right now, like, we observed the VR industry for more than four years and we see people that we want to work together with in the future and those people are building ecosystems in their own countries um, mm-hmm. like there's more people that even want to grow um, this kind of model as a space as we are base and then like connect with us on this European level because we are all stronger if we are really connecting and using exactly. those networks and, and like that goes for more cities than yeah. only Amsterdam and Berlin
1: There is
2: a good example from the event we are right now, uh, I met today in person and um she was like yeah i'm actually a visitor and i'm not sure if i'm supposed to be at the party here with you guys mm-hmm. and i'm like oh,
3: yeah what the everyone fuck? i invited everyone and uh, yeah, anyone yes, and we, that's exactly, you, like yes. you got beers like so yes many
2: and times. and i like explained oh it God. to her like you know no there is like no you know visitor and exhibitor like in other places We get together we show each other awesome stuff if you're doing awesome stuff awesome come yeah Get a drink and let's talk about it. Yeah, think, and, and I, we
1: celebrate
0: that. You know, yes. exactly. we're good
1: at celebrating that.
0: And then uh, to add a realistic note, uh, we are three passionate people who work in VR with our, you know, our different character and our different expertise. Uh, we all come from the community. We went early in, uh in, in the industry. It is still a very early stage industry, which makes it also likable and a bit less competitive but of course this industry is growing like crazy sure and of course it will change at some point it will change and you see yeah i think
1: vr as we know is gonna be dead and that's well it's gonna be our um, do you remember like no no one has
0: like DK1 like experiences anymore and we don't miss it you know it's it's that's true but it's gonna be our challenge for us three to be able like we come from the community you know we're youngsters but and we're stepping up we're making it work and there is so
3: much to be explored it's like in my point of view we are scratching the surface right now but I recently had was an out of body VR experience that was like one of the most immersive things like there's something like when you first see 3d space then there's something when you first see positional tracking and then there's room scale and then there's more to come like there's so much more to explore every now and then i'm excited like those, about that part
1: you know those definitive vr experiences that you know just
0: just set the mood for you know you're like oh that's you know
3: yeah true uh, true
0: this one is going to be our challenge the three of us to be able to grow with the industry and mature with the industry because of course in the end you also have to pay for your groceries and you also want oh, to yeah. go on vacation. You no, know, that makes also total, total sense. So sure. you know the three of us also have to transition into the industry that's maturing up and where there's big corporates coming in, there's even more at stake and there. are yeah. so we co- like this whole talk so far has been, we come from the community and that vibe was awesome where we stand right now is like a growing up early stage, still super early stage, but you can feel that people start to realize that we need to grow up. Yeah. And in three, four years from now, we need to be grown up. Like yeah. us personally with the industry, but the industry as well. It's like our parents are, you know Exactly. But it's so much fun to learn Keeping how itself. that works and <laughs> yeah. how we like actually turn it turn the passion into businesses and yes. turn the content into something that sells when finally consumers start like Mass adopting the media, and, and the funny
1: thing is that everyone is trying to figure it out too. And so you see all those big players doing very big moves, like all the carriers buying, you know, the content producer. Yeah, you know, that's that. That's like that was a move that I wouldn't predict so early
0: on. You know, definitely, like AT&T buying Time Warner and stuff like that. Yes, and what you what you hear a lot now and at events and panels and is the more realistic vibe which, is, which makes a lot of sense. And then people start asking because it, it's, it, it takes four years now and when I started four years ago, I was also a bit naive. I also thought it would be bigger four years later. Sure. Really, I admit that. But now everybody has this realization and now at the events people start talking, okay, so what's the next two year, three year mm-hmm. forecast, five year forecast, 10 year forecast? Uh, and that's of course still a very hard question to answer but at least we the three of us we have the realization that it's not that hypey super fast thing and we're in this for the middle midterm and the long term and it's yeah like, absolutely the long, term. It's right? a long the term of
3: course it's a long term like it's one thing, thing that i medium
1: i think the main factor that made me you know do the transition from a very academic point of, of view to, to like being a part of a private company and like doing more commercial things was basically when I met Roberto Marcini, the the CEO of Flag, and he shared the same opinion with me. You know, we were early VR enthusiasts and we were doing research with that. And unlike many of like you know the, the early crooks that appeared back yeah. then, um, I remember clearly like a lot of people advertising Oculus was like, oh. It, it fools your brain like 100%. It's like the most realistic thing ever yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And you put it in your face and it's obviously not true, you know. You can obviously see the potential and it's amazing when you put your DKE1 in your face for the first time, you have that moment.
0: But like look, looking to the future to like go into the to the final stage of this, of this amazing podcast, I really like this actually talking to you guys. Uh, looking to the future, what I see is that the tech, the hardware is iterating so fast and you see and all everything players Everything is gonna entering, be garbage. You and know, everything just, that we have now is gonna be garbage. In tech wise, but the tech is advancing so fast. I'm in this to hope that in three years or five years from now, this is also what I tell people, I'm not saying like in five years from now I hope the business grew into this and this and their starters, blah, blah, ecosystem now. What I hope is in five years from now when I pop up a headset, it's, easy, it's that standalone thing, easy, and I can have that first goosebumpy feeling that I had yeah, yeah. with the Crescent Bay for the first time and you get used to VR so fast, you know, it, it has to be hardware-wise and content-wise, you get used to it very fast to the quality. I hope that it only will take five years that I will be able to go into another reality and talk to you guys as we're sitting here, right here, but then we're somewhere else and it feels like the same feeling that we share right now, but then totally different place, totally mm-hmm. different characters. We can choose who we... And that would be so liberating and giving such a freedom yes. when you can have that goosebumpy feeling easily. And how is VR base preparing for it? What are the next steps that's, The a base? That's a good question. So the same
2: I agree time to
3: there. what you said. Yeah. And, and I think what we do as VR base is that we connect the people that have to be connected, the early developers that learned already for years, because that's a talent that's out there that's supposed to develop this next level content. Yeah. That's supposed to develop what's out there and what's still to be made. So through connecting those people, is it through game champs or is it through a physical spaces or is it through the events? No matter what, like they as soon as they meet and like start like building teams or like just like exchanging ideas this industry is going and uh, like mm-hmm. it's developing and going forward and like um then that's where we develop this next level content like that's and where it's coming
0: yeah. from yeah and i think us as a company are preparing for the next three five years by finding advisors and also finding partners that share this same insight and also share the same feeling of wanting to have people experience that goosebumpy feeling. And there is actually in the corporates, in the tech corporates, there's people like that. Yeah. I mean we yeah. have we have people like Tony Parisi on board as an yeah, advisor. Yeah. Or who, Ted
3: Felicek, who's or, amazing guy who's Or like
0: Yelena from Oculus been there and launched
3: a wife. yeah. Yelena, I like the
0: fact that in the tech industry, because that was so very different growing. from banking. Banking failed into getting people like that with a vision on top, mm-hmm. you know, with our management positions or with at least with some influence. And what I like with the tech industry is that they... Very passionate. M- they managed to hire passionate people in VR and AR and they also managed to give them responsibility and budgets to connect with the smaller players and to create content. And uh, I think, you know, also great job Oculus and HTC. That you manage to find people that support an industry that way, and of course, in the end, it's about money, sure. But those people, the individuals that work in those companies, and you can find them in those corporates, they share the same passion. They want to have people experience that goosebumpy vibe, and that's what I like about uh, the 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 current state of the tech industry. So we prepare the VR base because, you know, let's also be fair. We are a facilitating network, so we help others. We help others grow. Our business model is difficult you know it's not a we work we don't really make money on the spaces here we we do break even on the space we have to find other ways of driving revenue to be able to pay for a team and it's a a vr base or a facilitating hub that's never going to make you rich because you never have a scalable product it's not so we need we're yeah, we're driving
3: pre- the industry forward. We're driving the
0: industry forward like by content, by training. An and we just find people that, uh, that actually have money and help us do that. And I okay. think that's uh, it's an ambition, uh, ambitious mission that you and me are doing, Sarah. And fortunately, people recognize that we have that passion and also people like Boo. Uh, and also, uh, that's very important, Boo, that... High-level people, speakers at all the events, they get you know they, they, they talk about VR everywhere to get people on our side. When Boo says like Amsterdam or Berlin when he's like speaking at uh, next Sundance next year, you know, you're going to Amsterdam, go to the base. So that way we make people who like us help us out. Yeah, and it's it's a global village, as my that said puts it. You know, it's a
2: and, big community. Mm.
1: Family,
0: like right, a big family, yeah. And to, to like end with a, with a big bang, we stepped up, uh, me and Sarah, by not only facilitating with a hub, with physical space, with providing access to hardware, we help our members here getting launching customers so they can actually make some money. Uh, we give them training. We, you know, we open up our network to the members. That's all super valuable. That's what you need. But what you primarily need as a member or a startup is capital. You need to raise some rounds to be able to
3: Especially in Europe. Especially Especially in Europe, Europe,
0: yes. And we, of course, saw that need four years ago already. Huge. One year when we started the base again already. And we've been able to find some European partners um, to set up XR Base Fund.
1: That's interesting.
0: And XR Base Fund is a proper, traditional, (laughs) old like lifestyle yeah. venture capital fund, but we are actually running it, so that's like very amazing. <laughs> we are knowledgeable, we are experts because in Europe you see that if you are a startup like the guys that pitched here, the the noises and the hollow gates and hollow and all the others, there they need to raise more than like 500k to raise a million or two million. The moment you go to a traditional venture capitalist in Europe, they look already like bankers and also what comes from their mouth and what they say that's a pretty uh, risk averse type of attitude and all the entrepreneurs here in europe say well we go to find money in vr or ar but they they ask for a five-year forecast excel sheet where we map out the revenue and you know that's in this industry can you imagine we've been in it for four years and it feels like a lifetime like it feels for me 20 years can you imagine Moment that somebody asks yeah. you, take another five years and don't like do a high level uh, a forecast, yeah. but do it in an Perfect. Excel sheet where it's like in the details you map out your... That's insane though. So I, right? I, I thought... I That's thought, not taking I risk. The it industry is changing. It's a cool. glass
2: ceiling that we uh, have basically in
1: at Europe. At FLAG we kind of tried to do something kind of different, so at FLAG... Basically, Flag was founded by a bunch of coders that you know saw the advertising industry as an easy market because yeah. television was you know something that was very subjective. You had no uh, good results and like reports and specific target audiences that are watching a specific show. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, with with the internet and coders, you you have all this value in targeting specific people, and Flag became this big advertising hub. When the brands wanted to do something insane, they came, they came to FLAG to do um, like robotics, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and basically the, the way I found to, to make my projects happen instead of going for VCs and stuff like that yeah. was always having an idea, building a prototype, knocking on brands' doors and like, yeah. hey, Red Bull, do you want to do it? Mm. You know, I'm going to put your stamp on. And I always thought that it was way easier, you know, and Robin Hooding yeah. uh,
0: advertising. But do you think uh, it's to, to, interesting to, though still the capital world? Because that's the main driver of these these stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think it's interesting and it's something that I absolutely had to learn like navigating in the US, you know, like opening a, a company there, like
0: outside the flag environment where flag has a participation, yeah. but it's kind of, you know, me navigating. So, guys, uh, so, yeah. I got to run. I love this. I have a final question to boo, and you don't have to actually answer right now. Um, so we are going to look for, over the next two three years, uh, four years, for 40 ventures, 40 startups, Europeans mainly, or a foreign one that's entering the European market and establishes, establishes a presence here. 40, uh, it's a big task. And like we said before, me and Sarah are getting all these advisors together. We're getting venture capital advisors. We're getting industry advisors. But also creative and content advisors. Uh, you know, guys like... Uh, I'm not going to name any examples, by the way, right now. But the creative ones, the guys do, do, who know how to create content and how to yeah. make good VR. And we need to connect those 40 uh, to creative advisors to advise them on, on the content part, on the network part on the because the ambition is if we can find 40 companies in europe and we invest in them and they're all good we let europe shine you know there's like you there's the top of europe do you want to come on board as a creative advisor for the fun whoa (laughs) think about it (laughs) and like i said
1: i would love i i would love to have like a, a 360 photo of this moment and the way you guys are looking at me yeah definitely i think that would be amazing i'm super happy thank you for the invitation um considering it highly uh let's talk about it absolutely but on top of that uh we're also you know locals we act yeah, locally, but we act global. So exactly, I want to do Japan. I want to do Sao Paulo. I want to do Boston. I want to yeah. connect the world, not
0: only Europe, but Europe sounds amazing. Definitely, Amsterdam, you're always welcome. Berlin, you're <laughs> always Berlin welcome. We're working really, really hard to open up Copenhagen uh, in the next two months. Yeah. Um, next
3: year, Vienna will be on the map.
0: And I, I, I have to really run now. But I'd really like to thank. <laughs> If people actually listen to this and the whole thing, like, you know, we've been talking for a while. Let's put an Easter egg in the end, right? In the, uh, let's do it. <laughs> you guys think of an Easter egg right now, but I would like to thank somebody, probably at least one human on this world will listen to this whole thing apart from you who made it. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, uh, guys. That's um, uh, The best community. That's, that's it.
3: <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good. It's fun to watch. Yeah, for sure.
1: Thanks. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful.
2: Then you leave. Go dolphins. Quickly, yes. go dolphins. Exactly. That's go it. Go dolphins. Go dolphins. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first kickoff episode of the base stories podcast. As you have noticed, we have been using not the correct name during this episode. This is because during the time we recorded it with still different ideas about the naming. So in future we will stick to base stories. Now uh, if you enjoyed the episode, feel free to like it, to comment and also to Give us five stars on iTunes. Right now, we are going to submit to iTunes, and we will be in the repository there, so you can subscribe to this podcast. Hopefully, very very soon. In addition to that, you will find, as we are planning, the audio also in the YouTube channel that we are creating right now. Some episodes will have a video, some will only have an audio. We will also upload it to the Facebook channel. In addition to that. You can always go to the website vrbass.co and see what's happening around base and what the wonderful community is all about. If you have any comments regarding the title music, you think you have a better idea or you want to compose something for us, feel free to contact us. The best way is to do it over the Facebook page right now. Last but not least, we would like to say thank you to the sponsor of this podcast. Virtual Spice, which is a division of the Salt and Pepper Software Solutions, and is leading provider of industrial virtual reality applications, in particular for production planning and other great embodied engineering applications. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye!